Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's... Wait, is it Steamer Trunk or In My Steamer Trunk? Steamer Trunk! It's Steamer Trunk! I actually knew. I just thought it'd be a funny bit. Like my funny bit last week where I said this song was... 53,104. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of fan mail about that one. I'm sure we did. People Um, like big numbers is the thing I've learned. Oh, big numbers? I love big numbers. I love small numbers. I'm just a numbers guy. Mm. David Anthony. Jim Um, Chris, numbers guy. Numbers guy, uh, statistician. And number one host of As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week, me, where every week, me and my friend David Mm -hmm. talk about Alkaline Trio, a band that we like and a band that we like to talk about, because what's more fun than chilling with your bud over a computer screen? I mean, in this world, nothing. In this world, like... Pretty much literally nothing at this yeah. point. Yeah, at this point, literally that's about it. Um, you know what I wanted to talk about with Steamer Trunk, which I think is probably the only song I can uh, say this about with them, but it was when I was a kid, when I heard this album, it taught me two new phrases, one of which <laughs> was the title, and the other was Drunker Than a Skunk. Which I was eleven. I don't know what to tell you. Um, this song I've been looking forward to for quite some time mm-hmm. um, because it finally gives me an opportunity to tell you and to tell the world about the funniest thing that I ever said on Twitter. Okay, now Twitter's a great website. Um, uh, that's uh, we might need to can, fact check that. You can go on there, and especially during quarantine, you can really go insane. Um, but back before it got like fun, mm-hmm. Twitter was just a place where you just like throw a few jokes out there, and two years in a row, I made the funniest joke. Of all time, it was during the NBA Finals, and I said, the Cleveland Steamers versus the Golden State Golden Showers. I mean, LeBron! That's a very strong Twitter joke in, uh, what year would that have been? 2010? 2009? Um, no, I think it was actually, it was after 2016, um, which is when Twitter really started to be great. Mm. Um, so, hey, David, actually, I think that we, funny enough, um, I think that we recorded a, another version of this episode at some point in the past, like year or so and we didn't we recorded it early and we didn't post it because of some atrocity 
that uh, <laughs> made that us say... That sounds right. Yeah, let's just not put... Uh, there are a couple of those that exist. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had the unfortunate thing of doing a podcast during a period of time in which um, not much good has been happening. So, you know, occasionally there's interruptions because people are getting murdered or there's a virus or people are getting murdered by a virus and so on and so forth. And weirdly, that only affects us. None mm-hmm. of the other podcasts that exist. And there's like five other podcasts in the world um, featuring two white people talking about, uh, well, two white men uh, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, just, just fucking just talking. There's no real, no real format. I mean, we have a format. We talk about one Alkaline Trio song every week. And uh, this week for the second week is steamer trunk off of from here to infirmary you know it's funny because when you said this is what we're doing this week my first thought was hadn't we done that song which apparently we had but secondarily i think i also always uh this is a song that steamer trunk and trucks and trains just kind of sit in my mind as the two like kind of weirdo songs on this record i really like uh and i don't know why that is steamer trunks and trains mm-hmm. if you will if, if and i will i guess yeah you know it's funny because i think of uh bloodied up when i think mm. of this song um because yeah those, these, these are um well why steamer trunk and trucks and trains because trucks trucks and trains is a very strange song Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this one is nearly as weird. No, it's not. But I think it, it, you saying bloodied up, we're essentially zoning in on the non, the, the Matskiba songs <laughs> that aren't hits on this record. Not mm-hmm. that there were like hits in a real way, but in the like fan favorite kind of way. Basically every other Matskiba song, save for maybe you're dead kind of qualifies. Yeah. And, um, you know, on the on the second half of uh, From Here to Infirmary, Armageddon is mm-hmm. a real popular song. Actually, I don't know if you saw this, but Mike Park posted um, a, like, favorite Alkaline Trio album poll mm-hmm. on, uh, on Twitter. That website I did that see I was that. telling you about. And yet From Here to Infirmary did quite well coming second to god damn it which kind of surprised me um you would think that i have a better handle on uh how the alkaline trio are perceived uh outside of these conversations but i feel like i feel like this is a record similarly where i um do you remember the punk rock comics artist mitch clem i love mitch clem yeah yeah he had great stuff about him in a minute and someone sent me he posted this forever ago so i don't know if they were just like digging through mitch clem's instagram archive but Mm -hmm. he ranked all the albums and i think he had infirmary first um and i was like damn okay i i think this is a record that like sits this is the record that i think it means so many different things to so many different people more than maybe any other one where like the old punk types, I think universally agree on the first two mm-hmm. and some really like this, some mm-hmm. really turn on this record. And I think this was a lot of people's introduction. 
Um, and I think it's also probably a record where if you came in later, you probably enjoy this one more than the two preceding. Um, just hypothesizing, right? I think it's a record that like uh, sits in a really unique place in their discography where like some of those uh, old punk types don't even make it to Good Morning, much less Crimson. Mm-hmm. And I could see someone who starts at Good Morning or starts at Crimson not liking this, not liking the stuff pre this, because this mm-hmm. is pretty recognizable, you know, a little more raw, obviously not the best sounding record, but I think, you know, it trades in similar fare. Have we talked about this on air? The fact that I talked to Matt Allison mm-hmm. over on patreon.com slash better sandwich, which is the, uh, very successful Patreon that I've uh, allowed Brendan Kelly of the Lawrence Arms to, you know, kind of ride my coattails mm-hmm. on. Um, we did talk about this record and the drums, uh-huh. and he confirmed. He's like, yeah, the drums, the drums don't sound good, but not Matt Allison's fault. True, true. Pat- uh, Patreon.com slash... Uh, a uh, better sandwich if you want to find out whose fault it is. However, that's if you believe Matt Allison. I, dude, I want to talk to Matt Allison so much because he's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is a record that um, we've gotten a lot of shit for. for saying it doesn't sound great, the drums especially. Uh, but they don't. Like I, we're, we're right. We heard it from the the man himself. I mean, uh, I literally never noticed it as a kid because I didn't know. I just assumed it's what the record was supposed to sound like, you know? Mm-hmm. And I listen to plenty of stuff that sounds like shit. So, like, you know, in the present day, this doesn't catch me as much. But I had an experience five, six years ago where I was listening to this record with headphones on. And I was just like, oh, this hurts. Like... Just the symbols are are clipping in a way that's very unfortunate. I do think ultimately it gives the record a very unique sound that obviously they don't do on anything else. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this is a record that to me strangely feels like there's a lot of deep cuts on it. <clears throat> and songs like Trucks and Trains or Steamer Trunk fall into that category for me where... I never really remember seeing them play these songs. I never really remember hearing people talk about these songs because mm-hmm. of songs like Armageddon or Private Eye or Stupid Kid or Mr. Chainsaw or, you know, obviously people like the dance songs as well. But I feel like those were the Matt ones that people really grabbed onto on this record. Um, and But I think those, you know, three we've kind of, the other two we've listed along with this, I think are all very solid. Uh, and though it's not as weird as Trucks and Trains, I think I've always felt like it's kind of a novel thing because it really, it's kind of got a nice like mid-paced bounce. And then in the chorus, they're like, go faster. And it's mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. normally I would hate that, but I don't dislike that here. Yeah, I. that's a really good point that you bring up because I think that this record definitely does get um you know pinned with those songs like stupid kid and armageddon and private eye um 
And these are the ones that come off like a little bit less. They're a little bit more off the cuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is a really interesting um, period of Matt's writing where he's clearly got his eyes set on something larger. And this is a song that you wouldn't find on earlier records because, um, you know, I think that there was a lot more autobiography in those. Totally. And there was a lot more that was just kind of pulled from the guts. Mm-hmm. And this is a song that comes at a period of time when Matt is writing songs, I think with a lot more intentionality towards the audience and the mm-hmm. audience being a little bit larger. Yeah. Um, Cause this is a song that, um, yeah, I think it's not the one that I think of first either, but I really, really like it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the back half of this record. I think, had a lot of songs that I really like, but often kind of forget are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in a bad way. When they come up, I'm like, oh, this is a good song. And that's kind of how I feel about this. Like, this is one that I think also is really helped by uh, Mike Flumley's drumming in the verses. You know, he's oh, yeah. he's doing what is like almost... It's like if you took what he did in Smoking Pope songs and like sped it up 75%. Um, mm-hmm. It's busy like he's doing a lot of like extra hits double hits on the snare um which i think serves this riff really well um in a way that i don't think they do on really many other songs or at least none i can really think of and that's Mm -hmm. what i was saying about it having kind of very distinct bounce um but i think what it really what really succeeds is when it goes into the fast part he's not doing the fast punk drum beat Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really makes this one work is it allows it to feel like you're kind of stepping on the gas and then pulling back and stepping on the gas and pulling back. Um, and yeah, like lyrically, it just kind of feels like border, like just applicable to people where it's like when you look at the lyrics, like this isn't really about anything. It's just kind of about like someone he used to know or wants to know and not being able to get a read on them. And like, you know, it's an interesting thing. I I don't know. I think in case you're wondering, I think that this song's about growing up. Mm, That's probably right. Yeah. I, I really like that the way that you described that, because it's like, it is, it sounds like a, it could be like vaguely referring to someone he knows. It also mm-hmm. just sounds like more of an attempt to just hit on kind of universal experience. Um, but the verbiage is so good. That thunderstorm yeah. is still crashing in your cranium. Find all these funny faces look the same. And the end of that, right? Mm-hmm. Just, I know who's to blame but I swore I wouldn't say it's such a beautiful little completion. It's, it's really clever without being, I was going to say clever without being funny, but it is kind of funny in a weird way. But I think ultimately like this song has always read to me. It's like, this is like if Mr. Chainsaw nailed what it was doing, because he's doing a lot of those like, really intentional rhymes and half rhymes 
but with words you don't see coming, you know? Totally. Like, I think there, where with Mr. Chainsaw, it's a little like rhyme, 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 like the obvious mm-hmm. rhymes. This feels like a more refined version on that, where he's still doing that very noticeably, but he's also building his vocal melody in a way that's not fully sticking in like the specific measure. It's kind mm-hmm. of like bleeding out into the next one a little bit. Yeah. I think that um, it's just that it seems like he's got a very good word bank going. It's like, I don't know. I'm sure that you have this experience with writing where you get into a mode where things just kind of come out really, really nicely and without a lot of effort. And then Mm -hmm. you kind of look back and you're like, damn just like not even what i said but just the flow and the way it's dictated is so so strong there and i feel like he spends so much time with this record like um sort of deliberating on writer's block and like writing um that he's just yeah he's very very naturally throwing things in there like the the words are really good and then yeah when you see him like you know take a step to the side to kind of end a verse rather than just like complete the story that's there you know saying something like you know i i swore i wouldn't say or like i i love you so i told you but it didn't matter much Mm -hmm. like it's just like it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to end where you start always yeah i I mean i think that's a good observation and i think he's just doing it's a very confident song lyrically you know Mm -hmm. he's kind of playing in a space that you don't see him really in a lot until this record which is kind of a little aloof you know he's kind of playing it cool throughout this song and little Mm -hmm. stretches um in a way that's not like putting on a character in the way of like a private eye. Right. You know what I mean? Um, whereas before I think on, on the early material material, you're seeing everything kind of be like a negative version of him outwardly expressed. Mm-hmm. And this is him like clearly feeling a little more comfortable to being able to acknowledge that maybe he is not the cause of the problem. Um, He's probably feeling like pretty hot shit at this point. Yeah. And I think it's just, I think it's interesting how he like, this is a song that feels like he has a strut to his delivery, you know? Mm -hmm. And I will say, I think he's also just a really strong vocal performance. Like, you know, I think so many of his best songs, which is funny because like he would say good morning is like, there are no good vocal performances. But I think those ones where you really see the confidence and character come out are just always really enjoyable. Um, it's not just him singing the right notes. It's him really putting on and uh, putting on an affectation for the character he's either trying to express or the person he's being in that moment. Yeah, I think that he does a lot of that on on this record. I feel like a lot of his vocal performances seem to be like yeah delivered in in a way that is like a little bit character based or like mm-hmm. trying to just hit um yeah, a mood i would say 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's kind of what I really have always liked about the songs on this record. Maybe not the record as it sounds and, you know, is fully constructed, like the full package. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, like, almost all of them are songs that in isolation I hear and I'm like, man, that's a really well put together kind of pop punk song there's different shades but Uh they're really coloring with like like they have this 64 count thing of crayons for this one you know in terms of Mm -hmm. emotion and subject matter more than i would say for you know a lot of their records and like you're seeing a lot of different versions of both mad and dan from song to song which i think is probably why to go back to your earlier point, like why I think this resonates so strongly with a lot of people is because there was a pretty clear inroad, no, wherever you came in, you know, yeah, um, as opposed to a record like maybe I'll catch fire where you're like, hmm, this guy just wants to like eat spiders. <laughs> um, yeah, I it is funny to like look at it you know, so plainly and see like, okay, private eye, stupid kid, Armageddon. He's clearly going for something. Mm -hmm. And then you have these others that are in that same spirit, but they're definitely not trying to stand out as like a single, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's just writing confidently from a place of, like, you know, obviously I don't know the sequence in which songs were written for this album. I'm sure if I asked him, he wouldn't know. So let's all mm-hmm. just work from the place that that's going to be an unknown forever. <laughs> um, but I have to feel like this is one where he was just really in the groove. Like, this sounds like a song that came out in 10 minutes. Yeah. It, it just, it feels like all the pieces kind of fell together. It's not overdone. You know, it's a very simple first chorus, first chorus structure. But it's got that really great kind of, like, two-note lead in the bridge that I think is, yeah. uh, really becomes boilerplate for what he's going to try and do on songs in Blink like... In Blink-182. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but even on songs like War Brain, he's like, oh, that's a cool... That's a cool thing there. I need yeah. to bust that out some more. Totally. Yeah. Um, I love that bridge. Cause it's great. It's it's just so simple. And it's just, it's a vibe that doesn't exist anywhere else on this record. No. And yeah, I think that it, it does the, it performs the task of just gluing a second chorus to a last chorus. It doesn't stick around for too long. Um but yeah, it's just, it's so simple. It's all you need. And yeah, it's just like this song just in general has a really great groove. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just one where because I was like, all right, I think the only time I saw them play this live was when they did those past live shows, which are now like six years ago, which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I'm going to pull up a video of that because I know they released like the DVD or whatever. And it's also on Spotify. You can listen to the normal tracks. Dude. And I watched... They need to put that in a box set, like, collection, where it's not in the fucking album discography. It's so annoying. Sorry. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Um, Really terrible, I would say. 
so I watched the, the, the no one had uploaded like the DVD footage, but someone like front row footage of another innocent girl in this song. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt not only forgets the lyrics, but he forgets the chords to the chorus first time through <laughs> and just fucking strumming, holding them out. Uh, listen to the past live version, which was recorded from that show. And you will not hear that. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you'll hear a little bit of it, but you, you're you watching a man panic on stage uh, in the video and doesn't really come through on, on the recording. Um, but I looked that up because I was like, man, like, I kind of want to see them playing this in its day. And I found a great video of them playing it at Gilman in the year 2000. Mm. Um, and... It's clearly before this is out. No one knows the fucking song. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't want to say that maybe Matt has um, screwed up the lyrics or maybe the lyrics were not fully there because he kind of, like, does the a little bit of the second verse same as the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, man, like, this song's just really kind of out of the gate even then. Like, you know, I, if I was in that crowd I, before this record came out, like, I don't think i would view this any differently than the songs i already knew really you yeah. know like it's a little more streamlined but it's kind of got all the pieces and parts and i think that's a hard thing to do to where it's like we're evolving past writing the four and a half minute epics on maybe i'll catch fire or at least he is mm-hmm. and but you can still id this as an alkaline trio song you know yeah totally i think that um the difference between the way glenn would play this compared to mike is so night and day Mm -hmm. and yeah we've um you know i think that every time we talk about this record it's kind of either one or the other in terms of mike felimley and this band but this is one where it it really it really really gels and because yeah you know just thinking about like how that chorus tempo change would go with glenn and it's it would just be like full speed drums driving and it would just be so fill heavy into Mm -hmm. it it would be like a like it's just like all right dude like you needed to hit you need to hit it the drum eight times not 18 yeah um and i you know obviously love glenn but i think the best songs on this record, as we've talked about, is, like, there There are unfortunately songs where it's, like, you can feel like Mike isn't necessarily putting enough in, and that's not really a diss on him. Like, he is a good player, and he's a... You listen to the Smoking Popes, and he's an incredible mm-hmm. player, but he's great when he knows how a song is breathing, like, when you know that inhale and exhale, and when to push it a little bit, and when to pull back, and when to just leave room. And this song... There are a few others on this record, but this song, when I went to it today, especially in those verses, like that second verse in particular and that bridge, he's just really confident and comfortable and making the most tasteful choices, Mm. which is not a thing you could say about Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, uh, there's some pretty distasteful choices in, uh, in that history, but Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, also, like, it's so simple, but singing along to these days, enjoy that so thoroughly. What do you rate this song? 
I'm going to give this song a four. What do you give this song? I'm going to give this song a four, too. And I, I don't think that I went into this song thinking that it would be a four. But I think that that is very in line with what we've been talking about with songs on this record. And especially on the back half of this record mm-hmm. where, um, yeah, there's a lot of kind of tossed off uh, numbers that really, really work. And yeah. Yeah, cause it's kind of like they. W- I don't think that they would have happened anywhere else because I feel like the stakes get so much higher on either side yes. of Infirmary, and this song is just like, hey, let's uh, let's get let's get the let's get the place to bounce a little bit. You, so I'm gonna briefly derail before we uh, before I let you take it home. Mm-hmm. But something someone said to me about this record recently is they were like, man, they really picked the wrong closer. I was like, what do you mean? Like, crawl. And they were like, Armageddon. And I was like, you know, in a different world, I very much hear that. Uh, and I wonder how different this record would feel. With, you know, because that last chorus in that song, they really drive it home. And it's, oh, it's the send you home yeah. moment. And it made me wonder, like, Man, this record would feel so much differently if not just if those two songs were in different places. Like if Armageddon closed and Crawl was anywhere else, that back half would feel so different because the back half feels so kind of dark and languid. Mm-hmm. Aside from Armageddon being a little earlier, um, and it just got me thinking. Wow, yeah. Um... I think that this is a good place for us to um, just throw out the uh, idea that we could do something fun over on Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. We have people vote on the songs that we talk about, which is what we're going to be doing next week's episode. And yeah, we uh, we've had some fun with playlists and some other conversations. Um, so if you want to support the show, support our efforts, head on over to Patreon. Um, please, we hope that this is uh, coming to you uh, at a good time, just as we did the last time we recorded it. When we figured, like, hey, yeah, it'll be, it'll be all right. When we could just like set ourselves up, not have to deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's a scary, it's a fucking weird and scary time, and we hope that this is uh, a chance for you to, you know, take a break and to take in some good positivity. This is something that we both look forward to. I don't, if I'm, stop me if I step if I step on your toes here. But I mean, that's I only get mad when you push it back because I've spent the days just you know putting marks in the wall waiting for it been very busy uh working on life's work a podcast about laura stevenson's sit resist uh not to not to complain uh, it's quite an honor um y'all should check that out check out road to the skeleton ghost um being busy is a is a good thing and uh and this is uh even though we do have times when i push it back it's like mm-hmm. it's like <sighs> uncomfortable here Whereas me, I'm I'm like clockwork, you know. You, you I synchronize watches the week ahead. 
like a clockwork orange. You glad I didn't say banana. Ooh. Come back next week. Thanks, brothers. I'm trying.